I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, there is no ice cream that I will not eat. I go to like uh, special ice cream places where they have like all sorts of crazy flavors and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll just have the chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) they're like okay fine they go in the back in the freezer (laughs) so we have all these things that we've scientifically developed because they're the perfect ice cream flavors like no no i'm fine with just chocolate just give me chocolate you don't have chocolate sir (laughs) would you like to try our pomegranate acai berry dragon fruit star fruit pineapple (laughs) that's not good I'll just have some chocolate. Maybe if you have like chocolate with brownie in it, then I'll have that. <laughs> Which oh, is just there's chocolate more with, chocolate in it. Yeah, it's, it's chocolate with a different kind of chocolate in it. Yeah, <laughs> we're, good, we're good with that. I'll take a chocolate on chocolate. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your week one regular season edition of the Keep Sounding Podcast. We got Panthers versus Rams coming up. We're here, guys. We're here. We're finally, we're finally at the regular season. We're done with the draft. We're done with watching all these guys in training camp who could or could or could not make the roster. We're done with these stupid preseason games. We're here. This is the football that matters. So excited! Um, yeah, week one is like week one is like a good slate of games too. There oh, are really a lot is. of good games. We get we got Bears Packers tomorrow, which is probably tonight 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 for people who are yeah. listening. Um, which everybody actual, that hears this is, yeah, an actual good Bears team against the Aaron Rodgers led Packers team. That's a great primetime game to start off the season. Um. Before we get into all the regular season action, though, and left this part out, but as always, I'm joined by Brad and John. They're doing great, as I know. Uh, We had the cutdowns happen over the last week, where the Panthers went from 90 to 53. And, you know, I just got to start this off with this, because we've been talking about this the entire preseason, but Reggie Bonifant made the roster. (laughs) <laughs> he did of course he did yep reggie bonifon made the roster over cameron artist Payne and elijah holyfield so he is considered the primary backup to christian mccaffrey which you know in hindsight makes kind of sense because he's got a similar skill set and yada 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 um he can catch the ball he can run the ball he can apparently throw the ball sometimes 
so we had Reggie Bonifon, the open secret, actually made the roster. Surprisingly, even with all this stuff going on with Graham Gano and the depth across the other positions. So that that surprised me. But here we are with Reggie Bonifon. Um, let's start with Brad. So, Brad, aside from like Reggie Bonifon, I'm not going to give you too much shit about Reggie Bonifon. I know we all talked a lot of shit <laughs> on him throughout the entire offseason. But he's here. He's here to stay, at least for now. Uh, who else surprised you from the 53-man roster uh, cuts slash signings? It can be people they brought in. It can be people that left. Well, I do have to get this out. I will say I was wrong about Reggie Bonifan. Uh, it did surprise me that he made the team. I legitimately thought that they would keep either Cameron Artis Payne or Elijah Holyfield. And I thought that Jordan Scarlett would be the other backup running back because I thought they would like to have two guys that can basically be CMC and CMC part two, and then Alex Arma and a backup to Alex Arma. That's how I thought they were going to build the roster. They proved me wrong. I was wrong. I apologize to all of you Reggie Bonifant fans. Um, <laughs> the many of them listening. At I, home. I was wrong. He did play well in the preseason. He played well in the last preseason game. He showed his versatility. He showed that he can make plays out of the backfield and he earned his spot on the roster. I don't hate Reggie Bonifan. I like Reggie Bonifan. I think he can play. I just think he gets hyped up too much. And that was the only thing that I had a problem with was the fact that he was being treated like he was Barry Sanders 2.0. And, you know, maybe he is, I don't know. I, I didn't even think he was going to make the team. So maybe he is Barry Sanders. Um, as far as other surprises, I was surprised at two things. Number one, I was surprised that Terry Godwin did not make the roster. And not only did he not make the roster, he didn't even make the practice squad. Like they just completely cut ties with him. They did not bring him back. Uh, they brought in somebody from Cincinnati, an offensive lineman, as their 10th guy. What's his name? Brad Lundblade. That is an awesome name, first of all. Um, but second of all, I, I was surprised to see that, that Godwin wasn't brought back. Uh, I was also surprised that they cut ties with your boy, Tory Smith. Oh no. I, not, I didn't not like think this. they would actually do it. I mean, I, I'm not glad they did. I don't care either way. I just, if you're going to cut somebody to pick up a waiver claim, though, the guy that's making $3 million in non-guaranteed money is the right move. And I would feel that way if it were Torrey Smith or if it were Jarius Wright or if it were um, Chris Hogan or if it were, you know, Colin Jones or whoever. Uh, cutting a guy that has no guaranteed money and you can free up $3 million in cap space it's probably the best decision, especially when you can get by without that player. So that, but I'm surprised they did it because I, I, I honestly thought they were going to keep Torrey Smith all year. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> so I'm going to miss Torrey Smith because there aren't, there aren't many players who could don the number 11 jersey and get hated 
more than Brenton Burson. Yet somehow that did happen. Yeah. Like, Torrey Smith came in as like an actual NFL wide receiver and Panthers fans hated him way more than Brenton Burson just because of the amount of money he was making. And it saddens me, not only because like I felt he was actually decent last year, but again, he had that knee injury that put him out. Apparently he's still kind of recovering from it. Um, but it also saddens me because I own his jersey now too. So <laughs> why don't you tell you us know, why you own his jersey? I own his jersey because Billy made a bet with me that the pan he would buy a Tory Smith jersey if the Panthers drafted a quarterback after the third round. So I made a bet that they would draft him or actually he might have said dur- after the fourth round. So I made a bet that they wouldn't draft a quarterback prior to the fourth round. So the fourth round was kind of like our our like gray area. And then the Panthers used their compensatory selection, which is basically a fourth round pick to get Will Greer. So I ended up buying a Torrey Smith jersey, which I will rock with pride. But yeah, (laughs) Torrey Smith's gone now. And now I have less players to shitpost about. And it makes me sad. I just don't understand the hatred for him either. I mean, without Torrey Smith, we don't beat the Eagles last year. No, and like he was playing even before the Eagles game, he was playing really well against the Redskins too. Like he just had the, an unfortunate knee knee injury. Washington, excuse me. But yeah, I mean he he got hurt. Like he he was he was playing well. He he's the fourth or fifth guy on the depth chart. It's not like we expected him to be you know wide receiver one, and we didn't expect him to you know catch a hundred passes for. 2000 yards and 30 touchdowns or anything. He was doing exactly what you expect out of a, a veteran middle of the depth chart guy. And, you know, yep. Panthers fans just like to hate just to hate. I, I, you well, know. new, new is always better. That's kind of, kind of what I've ascertained from covering the Panthers for so long. Like if you're not new, you, if you've been around for a bit, you suck. Like, Jared Norris was getting some like he didn't make the roster, but he was getting some unnecessary hate for just being a guy who's been around for a bit. Like it he's wasn't a like special the Panthers... teams linebacker. Like yeah, I mean, like it's not like he was going to take Luke Keekley's job. Right. If you if like, you're same... if you're around for more than like three years and you're not really good, then people hate you. It's just sports fans in general. Every sport, like you have to either be really good or be new. You can't be neither. Yeah. Agreed. And that's why Colin Jones is so hated because he's, by the way, for anyone here who doesn't know this, he is the fourth most veteran defensive back of all time in Carolina Panthers history. <laughs> Don't at me. Do not at me, you haters of Colin Jones. He's going to be a team captain this year, too. Yep. And I look forward to feasting on Panthers fans' tears over a guy who, like, does a lot of things okay. Nothing great, but you know, for a fourth safety, it's not you you could have a lot worse. I just finished Damian all or nothing. Harms. I was yeah. watch I, I just finished all or nothing last week and the like the last scene or, or the scene of the last coin toss where the captains were walking out to the field and it was panning back and it was like Julius Peppers and Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley and Ryan Khalil and then at the end is Colin Jones. Like one of these things is not <laughs> like the other. <laughs> Yeah, one of those is still on the team. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Khalil doesn't play for the team anymore. <laughs> That's why. That's he what does, you were seeing. 
No, so that was this. That was the thing. Is one of these only one of them will be on the team next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Speaking of these receivers, so now that we have some new players that Panthers fans aren't going to hate so much, they uh they brought in Brandon Zilstra, former Viking and former CFL star, and they brought in Ray Ray McLeod, who I think was a sixth round pick this year for the for for the Buffalo Bills, maybe. Um, let me just go to his profile. He, real quick he's been around that. for two years. Has he? Okay. Yeah. Well, that explains a lot. Um, the you want to know a fun fact? He was drafted in the sixth round of the 2018 NFL draft, so he was around last year. Fun fact about Ray Ray McLeod. His name is Ray Ray. Well, that, but he is the first player to ever play for the Carolina Panthers from Clemson University. Is that true? Wow. That is absolutely true. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I know Clemson's a shit university, but still. We had that guy almost play for us. He played for us in the preseason a couple of years ago. Yeah, Bolware, we've had a couple of guys. We've had a couple of guys in the preseason, and yeah, Ben Bolware, and um, we had an offensive lineman too. But I don't believe he played in the regular season. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure Ray Ray is the first Clemson player to be on the active roster. Well, he might not play though, but yeah, on the fifty-three, he's going to play. <laughs> you think so? Absolutely. Well, and he the is listed as the, is the the dumbest reason, but he's going to play. He is listed as the starting punt returner and kick returner right now. Because so. Marty Herney watched Clemson versus North Carolina State and liked a punt return that he did, and that's he's wanted him ever since. I mean, I wish I was making do, this up. We all do that. I mean, yeah, it fans. could be worse. Could be, <laughs> I mean, could he could have be... drafted him sixth overall, but <laughs> literally the point I was about to make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, they uh they focused on the returning game and uh, kind of just left the receiving duties up to the next four. So, so that's a thing to monitor. Um, I'm intrigued by the Zilstra guy because he was really good in the CFL and Vikings fans were like, well, he should have been our third or fourth wide receiver. So he might, there might be something there. Yeah. They, they must've seen enough to be like impressed with him. So yeah. Oh, I, I take back my, he's the first player from Clemson. Turns out I am wrong. New information what? has come to light. <laughs> um, Taylor Hearn was, he was, he played for Clemson. He was the offensive lineman that I couldn't remember. Um, but Isaiah Battle was also an offensive lineman. And I completely forgot this because last, the end of last year was a blur. But Chandler Cantanzaro, the kicker that we signed to replace Graham Gano. He was also from Clemson. I I totally forgot that Chandler Catanzaro played four games for us until I watched All or Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten about it too, and I've seen All or Nothing. Um, Ray Ray McLeod is the fourth player from Clemson <laughs> to play for the Panthers, but it is true that they have never drafted anyone from Clemson. He's, uh, the punt return against NC State was pretty impressive. I don't know if it's a single, uh, singularly impressive enough to get a player picked up, but, you know, it's a good play. It's also yeah. NC State, so like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no offense. <laughs> I can't really talk much shit. My team's coached by Will Muschamp, so. So, John, any surprises on your end as far as? Uh, uh, 
I'm somewhat surprised that they actually went through with the whole kicker change this time. Um, I feel like they kind of had to. <laughs> I don't know, but Graham Gano was kind of hinting at, like, like, I'm fine. I don't know what they're saying that I'm not fine. And then they're like, no, you're not fine. Go to injured reserve. I think we'll find out who is right about that in a couple of weeks. Mm. Because I think if they they might can work out a deal with somebody to trade him, mm-hmm. even if it's for like a seventh round pick. And, you know, I don't know if they're, what the rules are around that, but like, if you, if, if we trade him, is he still on injured reserve or can another team activate him? I'm pretty sure that if they trade for him, he has to go on their 53. Yeah. Um, I, all, all I remember reading and I don't know how, substantiated this is at this point but i was hearing that every time he kicked he was sore afterwards on that non-kicking leg well welcome to getting older graham well yeah welcome to being old (laughs) (laughs) the other one was uh i don't know how to say his last name but jordan um kanaski whisk or something like that yeah Yeah, kunasic kunasic yeah just because i never really heard of him before the preseason and that pretty much is a death knell for your chances of actually making the team and he apparently was good enough to make the team, which, you know, we talk about all the time, but there's, he's probably one of like maybe one or two people that actually played their way onto the team over the course of the preseason. He's also, what, he, he's also built like a safety. Like I thought he yeah. was a safety when I was watching the game. Yeah, it doesn't, it help, doesn't help that he wears a number in the forties. Yeah. I, what I think it is too, is he's basically the new and improved Jared Norris. Hmm because he's only 22 and he's a rookie and Jared Norris had been here for a couple of years and you have to kind of cycle through those special teams guys every couple of years anyway, except for Colin Jones. <laughs> so I think that's basically what it is. He's going to, yeah. he's the next, nobody's ever heard of this guy linebacker that will only play special teams. And then three years from now, some kid from, you know, Rutgers or whatever will come in and take his spot. Yeah, he's the new Jordan Sin. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The new Jordan Sin, quite the moniker to live uh, up to. That's that's a callback right there. That's yeah. a callback. If you know who Jordan Sin was, you're a real Panthers fan. <laughs> yep. So, um, aside from that, I mean, I guess there really isn't much to get into with oh, the Graham one other, thing. Oh, one ahead. other thing. Um, I'm surprised that we cut Terry Godwin and didn't bring him back to the practice squad or anything. Yeah, I, I was surprised too. And I, I said was... that already, but okay. Oh, well, that was probably <laughs> while I was gone because the dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That was, that was, it's fine. That was one of mine, but I mean, okay. it, it was surprising. It yeah. was su- it's so surprising. It was worth touching on twice. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because these guys that they brought in seem like they're like, you know, ath- more athletically gifted than him, but he mm-hmm. definitely, he definitely, I mean, like it's hard, yeah. it's hard to return punts in the preseason because you don't even know who the hell is going to be on the return squad. So I don't know. Yeah. It was surprising, but he's still out there. Allegedly. I think he worked out for the lions like yesterday or today. Um, yeah, he's, he's probably gonna on retainer. New, he's going to be the new Moe's Frazier. Like they'll bring him back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, when like whenever somebody gets hurt and we elevate someone from the practice squad and we have open practice squad spot, like he's like the twelfth guy on the practice squad. Yeah, when Curtis Samuel gets hurt and then they have to bring somebody in. Wow. Yes. 
John's like, yes, I revel in no, this no, idea. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't, we don't root for injuries or hope for injuries. But, but it is. I mean, we have to admit it's probably a decent chance that happens. So, like, hater. Or not. <laughs> yeah. John's like, we don't root for injuries, but still, Brian's right. <laughs> well, I mean, he he's gotten hurt every year he's been in the league, so. Yeah. yeah, and it's like a number of things. It's not like, oh, he's got a nagging knee that he's getting over. It's like, oh, now his back hurts. Now he pulled a hamstring. Now his heart is messed up. Now is like, now he has a concussion. Now it's his ankle again. You know, it's all sorts of different stuff. Right. So one thing I want to touch on before we get into the Rams game fully, uh, Cam Newton. So his foot appears to be fully healed. He seems to be taking reps, no problem, and he attributes this to his vegan diet. Thoughts? That's my quarterback. <laughs> Whatever you say, Cam. I mean, I'm ride or die with Cam, so if he wants to be a vegan, I guess, go for it. Whatever yeah, whatever you win i don't care whatever hipster hipster douchebag bullshit you gotta do to get ready for week one i'm here for it so (laughs) yeah whatever works for him he's happy he he says he's you know he feels like a rookie again so could all be made up i mean we've seen players say that kind of stuff before and then you know matt cleals is happy he's been in years absolutely made up he's in the best shape of his life you hear that every year yeah feels like he's 22 again you know so we'll see. And this is the week where we're going to see it because he is going to face a monster Rams front seven. Not it, I like how the Panthers had like the rough 2018 season where like, granted, they went six and two to start the year. And then like they just fell off and lost so many games. But so the way we uh, we come back and we're sitting here waiting to see if the Panthers are going to rebound. They got to face the defending NFC champions. It's like, oh, that's great. That's wonderful, guys. You know, I'd rather be week one than any other week, though. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. If you're going to play the hardest opponent that you're going to play all year, arguably, I would rather it be week one because anything can happen in week one. Yeah. Nobody really can game plan all that well for each other because you know there's been a whole offseason of tinkering with offenses and defenses and stuff and new players and it's just kind of a it's just a crapshoot for the first one or two weeks of the season you'll enjoy this john i remember ron rivera quoted was quoted as saying the game will be decided by how the teams adjust to each other's game plans after they've been established and i was like really no ron shit R- ron <laughs> Ron Rivera just going ahead and uh, taking the loss right now, admitting it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to adjust? <laughs> really? The, th- the team that wins this game will be the team that adjusts to the other team's game plan, so that won't be us. We know that already. It'll also be the team that scores the most points. And the team yes. that surrenders the least amount of points. Yes. <clears throat> All viable points, but... We don't know what's going on with Todd Gurley. He's got arthritis in his knee. We're not sure how he's going to like be used throughout this season. Not sure if he's going to be the bell cow anymore. Um, that said, the the Rams offense is still hashtag pretty good. You know, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is apparently more athletic now than he was before he tore his ACL. That sounds like something that happens when you tear your ACL. I mean, we saw Thomas Davis do it three times so 
Yeah, I mean, they, especially when you're young and you hurt yourself like that, like sometimes all of the the rehab and the stuff you do for mobility and stability and stuff actually helps you because it was something you never did before. Right. Because it, ha- it happened to me the fir- when I the first time I hurt myself pretty badly. John, I came John, back. John is a known NFL athlete, by the way, guys. Just but no, like know. as as a regular person, I came back and I was like, wow, I'm more like flexible and mobile than I was before I hurt my knee because I started doing a lot more mobility and stuff dominated that y league didn't you uh no maybe (laughs) was this your down year 90 bucks a week down year (laughs) now now it is because i've because i've heard it repeatedly since then and gotten overweight but that's whatever that's okay buddy i'm sure you'll rebound (laughs) just like cooper cup did yes eventually in my when i get to my 30s i'll that's when i'll hit my peak my athletic peak (laughs) <laughs> but real talk. Um, so this is going to be the real fir- the real first look we're going to get at Ron Rivera's defense. We got, you know, the small vanilla looks at 3-4 defense in the preseason, but this is the first one. And a nice thing going in Ron Rivera's favor is they have the, I don't know if he's going to use it, but they have the entire Super Bowl of game tape of Bill Belichick's amoeba type defense to throw at Jared Goff. So that could be good. That could work out well. Though Bruce Irvin's hurt, so that means Brian Burns will... I don't want to say probably just because it's early in the week, but it seems like he might be on track to start week one and have a big role. I'm fine with that. I'm fine yeah. with that too. I mean, I am too, because like the, the Rams' foundation of their offense is basically like play-action rollouts, and... uh there isn't one player on this team that I would want more than Brian Burns to be chasing down a quarterback on a rollout. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'll be interested to see how we handle the Rams alignment because I'm pretty sure they run like 95% of their offense out of uh, 11 personnel. They do, yep. And so... I hope we're not stubborn enough to be like base defense all game, even though they have three three very good wide receivers on the field at all times. So I'm interested to see how we handle that. Well, let me introduce you to our head coach. Um, <laughs> his name is Ron Rivera, and we will be in base defense 75 percent of the time. Well, I'm, I'm optimistic that, and it might be unfounded, but I'm a little optimistic that we'll be a little different this year. I think the new organizational structure with David Tepper here and all that stuff. I think there's more of a culture of, you know, step out of your comfort zone and type stuff. And I'm hoping Ron Rivera will embrace that. Part of the thing with me too, as far as like the nickel stuff goes, they don't really have an established like, okay, we have this guy to be the nickel corner in this situation Mm -hmm. anymore. Like, JV and Elliott is basically the starting nickel corner right now, and I don't think they're going to be throwing them out there as often as they did Captain Munderland. Like, Rashawn Galden had a ton of opportunities to, to uh, make plays in the preseason as, like, the big nickel. Um, obviously, they, they still believe in Shaq Thompson. 
obviously, JV and Elliott will get some plays as well. I think that Ron is going to throw out a little bit more diversity rather than just sticking to, okay, this is our nickel defense. This is what we're doing. So that that could help them a bit just because it gives them the opportunity to throw out different matchups rather than just like, oh, let's let Robert Woods beat JV and Elliott like a fucking drum for the entire game. So I have some optimism, but again, we have to wait and see what happens on Sunday. Yeah. Paradis gets his uh, welcome to Carolina. First, your first assignment: block Aaron Donald. Yeah, honestly, it's probably that's a good segue for the offense. But I think that it benefits the Rams, and Sean McVay seems like the kind of coach who would, you know, do this to let Aaron Donald just play over Greg Van Roten and Paradis all game. Never let him see Trey Turner, and just let him, you know, let him beat feast. the doors off those guys. Yeah, that could be a problem. I see. I, I could also see that being a problem. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Donald could be a problem. Yeah, he might be. He's pretty good. Is he? I don't know. He's okay. He's all right. Yeah, he's all right. There's more to the the Rams defensive line too. Going to pull up their. But, uh... but the fact he had twenty and a half sacks as an interior lineman last year, like that's insane. Yeah. When you're fighting off double teams the entire game as well, their their defense is weird though. Like they have they brought in Clay Matthews and um who else did they bring in? They brought in somebody else. That's oh Eric Weddle. Like their their defense is very heavy on names. Yeah, Akeem Khalid, Marcus Peters, John Johnson, Eric Weddle is their secondary. Dante Fowler, uh, Clay Matthews, and some guy named something Hager. I don't, I don't know who that guy is. Bryce Hager. Yep. And then they got Littleton, Donald, Joseph Day, and Brockers on the defensive line. So, like, not quite as loaded without, like, Nindamakan Sue, but Clay Matthews certainly makes up for that. Yeah. I, and, I mean, they don't really need an Nindamakan Sue when they have Aaron Donald. And Michael Brockers is good, too. Yeah. 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 Michael Brockers is good enough that you can't just say, okay, everybody on this side of the line just block Aaron Donald because yeah. then Michael Brockers will get like eight sacks. Yeah. So it's just, it's the whole defense, like everybody on their defense, I either never heard of them or they were really good in 2012. Yeah. <clears throat> so one thing. Yeah. That- I'm interested. I, I don't know. I, like, that's just like a year long thing <clears throat> I want to see is how their defense is. I know it's, going to be like make a bunch of plays because that's what Wade Phillips does but it's a weird mix of people of like players and personalities and stuff I will say this is this essentially the same defense that had no 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 real game plan for Julian Edelman like they could not cover him in the Super Bowl so looking at the Panthers offense they have you know Moore Samuel Hogan Wright who are all I don't know about Hogan anymore, but like Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are both really fast and are going to get yak opportunities. And uh, Darius Wright is just the guy that the defense literally forget about, forgets about on third down. So they might have a chance based on like the short yardage passing game, but it's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the the best way to go to with the whole, we're going to probably struggle with their front seven or front where their pass rush. Um, 
I think Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is going to have to catch a lot of passes. And yeah, so that, DJ Moore. that was my thought process with it was that Christian McCaffrey might, this might be the best game where like you just run him on a ton of routes to like exploit the middle mm-hmm. of the defense. Cause there's nobody on the middle of that defense who can cover him. Like no. nobody aside from yeah. maybe Nikel Roby Coleman. And that's only if he like, you know, hits him five yards before the ball gets to him. But yeah, I think it could be a lot like the uh, the Falcons game in week two last year where McCaffrey had 14 catches. Yeah. And that's a lot of catches for a running back. But, you know, you know, eight or nine, ten catches just to well, offset their pass rush. Well, it, that's the nice thing about Christian McCaffrey as an X factor is that like those kind of throws and catches are more are almost as easy as rushes a lot of times just because of how you know, really good he is at receiving and getting yeah. open and running routes. Like there aren't really any out of the running backs aside from maybe Alvin Kamara who can do that. So he's definitely the X factor. And like, I think that if they're going to win this game, McCaffrey has to be the guy that takes over because I just don't think that I think Cam's going to get killed if he's got to run the ball more than like five times. Has to sit back there and wait for stuff to develop down the field. Yeah, the classic North Turner game plan where they just sit, yeah. five-step drop, throw the ball 15 to 20 yards down the field and hope it works out for them. Well, I don't like the matchup of our outside receivers with Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. No, that's a terrible matchup for us. So we definitely should uh, focus on the, the, the advantage that we have in the middle of the field in the passing game. Which you know they're not going to do because Norv is stubborn. <laughs> And they're also going to want to be like, see, Cam can throw the ball. We told you. Get get one good deep throw early in the game to make the Rams respect it, whether you complete it or not, and then feast on the middle of the field. Yeah. I could see it going a lot like the Cowboys game last year in week one where they just threw the McCaffrey a ton underneath. Because that, that, that was what, like, that was actually what shocked me about their offense in the beginning of the season was like, they were like very okay with throwing underneath. They did, they couldn't do that at the end of the season because then teams didn't really respect. I mean, McCaffrey had what 105 catches. Like I think if he maintained yeah. it pretty well. Yeah, he came pretty close to to a thousand yards receiving. So yeah. And now he's got get started on that real quick. I think this year. Mm-hmm. At least against the Rams, just because. Yeah, that's what I mean. You don't want Cam Newton to die. We don't want that to happen anyway, Brian. Yeah, Brian. (laughs) I I never said that it was better for the Panthers to have him die in a different week than week one. Just just saying you don't want him to die. Jesus. We do not want him to die. Yeah. We do not want Cam Newton to die. That's the official position of the Keep Sounding podcast. Brave. Yes. What do we think of Joey's fly? (laughs) I think he's awesome. He made a 70-yard field goal in practice. Did you see that? I did see that. I tweeted about it, actually. Would have been would have been good from 71. Yeah. I love that that uh, analysis of every long field goal is never just like, that was a good kick. It's always, it would have been good from however long, no matter what. Like, if it's a 54-yard field goal, like, wow, that would have been good from 57. What a kick. Yeah. Like, that doesn't matter. It was 54. <laughs> I mean, like NBC went as far as like put that on all the field goal kicks last year, where like every kick would have been good from this far, because that's what we all want to know. 
I think it's you, just giving fair credit to the kickers, but I understand where you yeah, guys are coming no, from. No, I know. It's just it's just funny to me that it's always like it's like a um, you know, the meme where it's like a blue button. Yeah. <laughs> like the blue button, it, it just says whenever kicker makes a field goal and you slap the button that says, guess how long it would have been good from. Right. Because that's everybody's <laughs> response. I mean, I do it too, but it's just funny because that's everybody's response every long time there's a long field goal. Yeah. See, the thing is, though, I would be interested in it on the broadcast if it's like a 51 yarder and they're like, that would have been good from 75. Like, I want to know <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. But when it's a 51 yarder and they're like, that would have been good from 53, I don't care. Like, whoop did he do? Like, he barely made it. Okay. Yeah. That's great. But, like, but yeah, if he's going to boom the shit from 70, I want to know about that. Like, I'm interested in that. Well, it's, it's kind of like Graham Gano's field goal to beat the Giants last year. It's like, it would have been good from 65. It's like, I mean, yeah, any kick that you make is going to be good from further unless it bounces off of the up or the crossbar and goes in. Yeah. But that's just how, like, that's how scoring distance a, works. Yeah, it's how distance and scoring a goal of any kind works. Yeah. Do you guys feel good about the game this weekend? Like, Oh, I, I, yes and no like yes because it's just week one like it doesn't really matter that much uh, i mean if was it wasn't one. if it wasn't for the fact that the rams are in the nfc i wouldn't even be worried about it at all but it's a conference game um but at the same time we're probably going to get stomped it is in carolina that's that. That's helpful. It, it, it's a West Coast team traveling east. You know, it's it's yeah. Their body clocks. It's only ten a.m. for their bodies. I don't think that matters because I read something earlier today that I think it was Jordan Rodriguez tweeted it that Sean McVay spent so much time talking to the media today about circadian rhythm. <laughs> so he's probably got the Rams like already preparing for flying east. Like they're probably practicing like three hours later than they normally do and shit. Why would they practice three hours later? Because they're three hours behind us. They have to play three hours, practice three hours earlier because the game's three or, hours or, earlier. Yeah, early. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's at five in the morning. <laughs> um. Before we get into our our actual predictions of the game, just one last little bit. Um, so offensive line, big concern for me anyway, because the Panthers are kind of in a corner right now with left tackle because Greg Little is still in the concussion protocol, so their only option is Daryl Williams. What do we think of the offensive line going into this game? I'll start with you, John. I'm not as worried about it. I don't think it's like I don't think it's maximized to its most like to its potential with the current configuration of it, but I'm not I don't think it's going to be a disaster. I I'm not concerned by how bad they looked in the preseason either cuz as we've learned, nothing matters in the preseason. Literally nothing. Except for injuries, but yes. Except not even injuries. They're not even real. Brad, what about you? I pretty much agree with John. Uh, I don't think it it's a disaster. I don't like the way they have it set up. But if Greg Little can't play, which is likely, you know, Daryl Williams is going to be left tackle with a, a hobbled leg. Um, 
worst case scenario, they can move Taylor Moten over to left and put um, Trey Turner at right tackle. I mean, if they have to, you know, it won't be that great, but I don't think it matters too much anyway, because I think the Rams front seven is so good that it doesn't really make that much of a difference this week. Fair enough. I mean, they're going to have to game plan around what the Rams throw at them anyway. So I can understand that. Like, doesn't really matter what alignment they throw at them. Um, my only concern is, uh, you know, Aaron Donald lining up on the outside over Daryl Williams. I feel like that could be, you know, a problem. One it, it, Aaron Donald is a problem and no, no matter where he lines up and who he lines up against. Uh, he, he was the number one player on the NFL top 100 for a reason. That's fair. That's certainly fair. I mean, he's arguably a one of the three best players in the entire league. I would say definitely. I don't even know if I'd call it arguably. Like top three, definitely. 100%. Everything's arguable. That's true. We know this because John's on the podcast, so. Don't, don't criticize me because I think for myself. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I guess we'll just go right into the uh, predictions, scoring predictions and uh, any happenings you might think you might see. Um, Brad, I'll start with you. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I think that on the first drive, Cam Newton is going to throw a 40-yard pass downfield to Curtis Samuel. Uh, it will probably be incomplete, but I do think that they are going to script a deep pass just to show that Cam can throw. And like we touched on earlier, to make the Rams respect the fact that he can do it. I think they're going to want to do that early. Um, it won't be the first play, though, because the first play will be a Christian McCaffrey run right up the middle for less than three yards. That's required. That's required, yes. I want an NFL team to come out and just go completely balls to the wall in the first play and like run a flea flicker. Or something that like would be receiver. awesome. Like a, run a halfback pass or like a wide receiver pass on the first play of the, of the of the entire season. Like if you want to excite your fan base, that's that's the best way to do it. Or even better, onside kick. <laughs> onside kick the opening kickoff of the season. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I hope that whoever Green Bay or Chicago does that tonight, that would be the greatest thing. Whatever coach does that is the first coach to do that deserves a lifetime job, no matter what they do the rest of their time there. Yes. And Ron Rivera is going to come out there and do that. We'll be like, well, I mean, that deal's a deal. Deal's a deal. Yep. <laughs> Ron Rivera, your lifetime coach of the Carolina Panthers. I'm sure that would go over well. <laughs> <laughs> lifetime coach. Uh, John, what do you think? Uh, did Brad do a score or did he just. No, I didn't. Two. I didn't get to a score. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. We're, we're, we're throw, throw out the score. Well, because it's week one, I'm going to say that a lot of craziness is going to happen. I do think the Rams are going to win because I, they are one of the best teams in the entire NFL, not just the NFC. But because it's week one, I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout or anything. I think the Rams are going to win like 24 to 17. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Panthers are going to win because that's what I pick every single time, and I'm not, I'm not going to deviate. I mean, it never—it's never failed me before, literally never. 
Um, but I think, like Brad said, because of the craziness and all the weird stuff that's going to happen, I also think the Super Bowl hangover thing is somewhat legit. And so I'm going to say Panthers 31, Rams 24. Lots 31 points. points on offense. You're having a lot of faith in Curtis Samuel. I'm curious about that. <laughs> because, I mean, I think, and I have nothing to back this up right now because you know how much I hate analytics and facts. Um, I feel like the first couple weeks of the season are always kind of high score are behind the offenses because they are reacting instead of planning. And so it's, I think it's a little easier to take advantage of the defense. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I just I think the Rams defense is is that good mm-hmm. that I think they're going to be kind of immune to that. If we were yeah. playing any other team, I would probably say 31-24, 38-31, something like that. Yeah, and also just like I said, there's something to be said about like for cuz their team hasn't changed a whole lot from last year. And when the last game you played is the Super Bowl, and the next game you're playing is, like, compared to that, a relatively meaningless week one game. It's hard, no matter what they say, it's kind of hard to get up for that. Yeah. It just it just doesn't have the same emotional, you know, draw. Makes sense. So, I'm going to agree with John, actually. What? What? I think the Panthers will win this game 21 to 14. I didn't think you guys were allowed to agree with me. I think that this is the most Panthers way to start off the season. They're going to beat the NFC champ, the the reigning NFC champions, and they're going to come out and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, this is a playoff team for the Carolina Panthers." And I don't know if they'll live up to that. <laughs> they won't lose ten straight. Yeah, but this is a game where they're at home. Carolina always plays better at home. They've consistently been better at home. They're going to have a new defense that Sean McVay has like no film on and their offense should be, you know, pretty efficient. I mean, last year they did the same thing. They came out and they were rolled. They rolled the Cowboys. They just had stupid turnovers happen in the first two drives. Like they should have won that game by at least two possessions. Like, and by possessions, I mean, touchdowns, like they rolled the Cowboys last year in week one. Like, I think that, this is the this is the game where the Ra- the Panthers can come out and really dominate the Rams and people are going to be like where did this Panthers team come from? So yeah. that, that's my that's my prediction is 21 to 21 to 14 Panthers in a low scoring affair where there's a lot of mistakes made but they come out on top. I have two questions. Um you said that the Rams are the reigning NFC champions. How are they the reigning NFC champions? Like what happened? They went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, but how? Ah, by not beating the Panthers. I I I'm picking up what Brad's putting down. Brian's yeah, not Brian. Yeah, Brian. Brian's not getting what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Maybe, mate, John. Maybe you should interfere and and, and, beat the and, Saints, and break though. up and break. Uh, there break you go. Up, break up the awkwardness here. <laughs> they did beat the Saints. I'll give you that. It, it, <laughs> yes. It was Yes, Brian, they beat the Saints. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. In in spectacular fashion. 
100% legit fashion. Yeah, I can't wait. We've we've said it before, but I, I'm we've said it before, but I can't wait for the Saints to lose a game on a pass interference challenge. I, I I am so looking forward to them losing the NFC Championship game on a <laughs> on a pass interference challenge, where where they commit pass interference and it doesn't get called. Like they would have gotten away with it if they didn't yes. demand this rule change. Yes, and then they review it and they're like, actually, the Saints defender committed pass interference. Ball on the one touchdown. Next play, the Saints lose. Yes, I am. That, so I would I would gladly to it. I would gladly see the Panthers lose every single game this season if that happened again. <laughs> Yeah, I will trade. I will trade a one in fifteen season for that. I right now, if you gave me that deal, I would take it because that also <laughs> means we would have the number one pick. But yeah, which means I we would, can release I would trade that. I would suffer through another Jimmy Clausen like season just to watch that. The watch the Saints melt down. <laughs> My other question. We haven't talked about it yet, and I guess we should since we played them this week. But is Jared Goff a $100 million quarterback? No. I mean, he is because they get Oh, yes, it literally is. But, but, like, if if you ever listen to like, or, like, do fantasy football research and stuff, and they use a lot of advanced numbers to describe running backs and quarterbacks, and Jared Goff is not – good at those things like he throws a lot of off-target passes and stuff like that it's just that he li- he works in such a easy offense to master for a quarterback that he kind of gets away with it that's why the patriots yeah. beat him the patriots think... made the offense less simple in the, yeah. in the super bowl like yeah i mean he, i think like, he's gonna be you know it's a what six-year deal Mm-hmm. They'll they'll win ten games or more a year for six years. They'll they'll probably be more towards twelve games a year. They'll win the division every year or four out of the six years. They'll compete for the NFC Championship every year. But we're gonna look back and be like, they paid a hundred million dollars for that. And yeah, he's he's, he's very like much Alex like Smith. Yeah. He's like a quarterback that succeeds if he's got good pieces around him, but he's not going to carry a team anywhere. And God well, help him if if Sean McVay either gets fired or burns out and quits, or you know Jerry Jones says I'll give you eight hundred million dollars to come to Dallas or whatever, he's going to get exposed. And I mean, mm-hmm. good for him; he got his money. But I just I can't believe they paid him what they did. Because yeah. they could just not not pay Jared Goff, draft somebody in 2020, and do it all over again with a rookie. I honestly like kind of thought they were going to do that. I did too. Like when they, they paid Aaron Donald, they got Indomitian Sue last year. I thought that's what they were going to do. I thought they were going to use that quote-unquote quarterback money and just keep recycling it to one-year veteran like defensive pieces that want to chase a ring – and and just do that and then get a rookie keep a rookie quarterback at all times because Sean McVay's yeah. system is so yeah. easy for a quarterback to play. Yeah, I thought they were gonna like, you know, you draft one and then maybe sign a guy. I guess he kind of played there, but it was under a different coach, but like someone like Case Keenum or whenever he comes available again, they know it'll be Kirk Cousins. Like someone that's the team yeah. that happened. Yeah, like their backup now is Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles would be fine there. Yeah. Yeah, Blake Bortles could win in Sean McVay's system. Yeah, I mean, he won in Jacksonville. Yeah. 
I mean, and Blake Portals isn't good, but like with with how easy they make it, how good their receivers are, how easy their offense is, and you have Sean McVay making audibles for you. Like, yeah, he, Sean McVay is basically playing Madden with real people. Yeah, exactly. Like that's essentially what he's doing. And the Super Bowl was that one game in Madden when you were playing Dynasty mode and you've got a perfect season, and then the, the AI gets mad and like ramps <laughs> up the difficulty just to make you lose. Yeah, like, but in like the most frustrating fashions, it's not like they're just smart. Yeah. It's just it makes your quarterback throw the ball every single time no matter what you do. Yeah, and I don't know if Madden does it like FIFA does, but I know on FIFA when you play – if you up the difficulty, it doesn't make the AI better. It makes your players worse. Yeah. Like it turns you from a, a silver or gold level to a bronze level. If you up the difficulty and that's not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> but that's, that's, I mean, that's basically what happened in the Super Bowl. Jared Goff yeah. was so bad in the Super Bowl. Exactly. And Sean McVay's over there. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't audible out of him throwing the ball to the Patriots. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And that's what surprises me about them giving him the money. Like, at least with like Joe Flacco, I understood it because he won them a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a, a there, loyalty a, thing, a loyalty reward. Like, well, you won us a Super Bowl, and that's very hard to do. So here you yeah. go. Um, but I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it at all. And not just that they lost the Super Bowl, and it's like the way he looked. Like he looks so frazzled in the Super Bowl. It was like the worst offensive production from a Super Bowl ever, wasn't it? I mean, it was like 14 to 6 or something, I'm not it, sure. Yeah. What was the score? I just I just watched like the uh greatest games thing. I just watched it like right before we started the show. I don't know why. I 13 to 3. Yeah. It was ugly. Not it, that was such a boring Super Bowl. It was awful. <laughs> well, that's what yeah. happens when you uh, put your quarterback out there in a scheme where you need your head coach to make audibles for him. But like I didn't, re- I forgot about this. But I, like I said, I just watched the thing, and there was only one play run in the red zone the entire game. So it was even like it's only happened one other time that one team in the Super Bowl only scored three points. Was it the time when the Falcons were? No. no, no, that was not it. Um, uh, Dallas beat Miami in the 1972 Super Bowl, 24 to three. No reference. Good. It, and we saw definitely how that worked in NFL. We saw how that worked for Miami the next year. Yeah, yeah. The 71 Dolphins lost the Super Bowl, 24 to three, <laughs> and the 72 Dolphins they won the Super Bowl. And every other game that year. Yeah. Well, shit. This might be the uh, game where the Rams take off on us. The 19-0 Rams, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's science. 100%, like Brad just said, 100% of the teams that lose the Super Bowl with only three points go on to go undefeated the next season. Yep. Yep, exactly. That's a trend. Well, that's why I picked the Panthers to lose on Sunday. <laughs> You're the Can't smartest one of all of us. Yep. yep. Well... Anything else we'd like to nope. discuss? Uh, nope. Okay. Jesus, that was abrupt. Um, all right. Well, we got week one coming up on Sunday. Follow along 
on Cat Scratch Reader on Twitter and Facebook to catch up with the action. Enjoy, you know, the shit posting we'll probably do during the game. Uh, get on Cat Scratch Reader for your offensive and defensive previews, along with key matchups and just general coverage for Sunday's game. And we should have a hopefully fun and entertaining game against the defending NFC champions. But if we don't, we'll be here next week to tell you how shitty the Panthers are. So from all of us here at the Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by Brad and John as always. Enjoy week one of football. The regular season is here. Get hyped. Let's have a good What was that? I said, let's have a grand old time. See you guys. Later. <laughs> Don't Later. forget to go to our fan store and buy a CSR t-shirt. Buy, oh, yeah, we buy have those several too. shirts. We have t-shirts. Go do that. Buy t-shirts. Anyway, enjoy week one. We'll talk to you next week. See you. See you. Yeah. Again. We already did that. Okay. <laughs> Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff and he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shovel pass for Caffrey. Touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. Can 